Hello and welcome to another episode of PodPit, the podcast about podcasts, and I'm your host, George Grimwood. This week, I'm joined by Erin McGaffey, host of This Feels Terrible and co-host of Human Conversation, alongside Wayne Federman. Erin recently relocated to Dublin from California, and so while spending a couple of weeks in London, we met in a cocktail bar in Soho to discuss podcasts, comedy, television, and much more. I'm going to open with a confession, which, okay. which is I was at the recording of This Feels Terrible at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival in 2014. How dare you? <laughs> I, I thought it was great. I had, I had a great time. It was, oh, good. I'm just, I'm just kidding. It was a good weekend. I, I, I remember at the time that you weren't sure if it was going out yet or not, the mm. episode. And it did go out. <laughs> yeah. I remember coming up and sort of speaking about myself and my situation at the time, mm. kind of in the knowledge or in the belief that it wouldn't go out. Oh, oh no. But it did, did go I, Oh God, oh, did I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I, did I betray you? No, not at all. I'm um, so sorry about that. <laughs> it, it's probably the only episode of This Was Terrible I, I, I can't do a second listen to <laughs> because I'm on it, uh, in, in theory. But, um, Are you willing to say what your question was again? Or what was it related to? Well, it was, it was um, to do with someone who, I was, who I'd known for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it got to a point where we had this kind of rather dysfunctional non-relationship where we shared the same bed ah but it was just teasing it was a lot of teasing along the way yeah okay. uh, and i'm not gonna lie still happening i'm sure my advice was not to keep that up so i must have not a not a big impact on you no no it, it was more it was more that i i am i am unhealthy to myself and ah. that's that's the main reason i did take it on board <laughs> I know it's bad. That's interesting. You helped me made made me more self aware that it's not just me who thinks it's not a good idea. <laughs> I'll have to go back to that episode after this and, and really listen to that question again. And go, Oh god, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean I was distracted by my own whatever was going on that night. I think that was the show that I had my ex boyfriend on. Yes. Right? yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Wayne Fetterman. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From human conversation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What I really enjoy about This Feels Terrible is that there aren't many other podcasts that have that amount of honesty to them, mm. if that makes sense. It, oh, thank you. It, and I think that's why I kind of felt like, yeah, I can say this. I'm going to yeah. come up. You, you still can say it. It's okay. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> within, within did, you, did you feel punished afterwards? No, I, I, I felt like how much of myself have I put on the line? Mm. But then I thought, well, the person who I was talking about, I didn't name them by name. Mm-hmm. And they generally aren't. They don't listen to podcasts, as far right, as I'm aware. Right, right. So that. And if they did, then the worst case scenario is that they knew how you felt about your weird scenario, right? And I'm pretty blunt with them now. Mm. You know? Why are you sharing a bed with? Is there a lack of beds in London? Or this is the. Thing. I know it's expensive, but it's been ten years of glorious tension. But she still like she still dates and everything. Do you date? I try. It, it, right. I kind of end I'm up... I'm confounded that women wouldn't want to enter this weird situation that you have set up. Well, I don't want to be in that weird situation. <laughs> well, get I, out. Yeah. It's tricky. <laughs> it's, it, I mean, you don't need to be her supplemental husband. That is true. And the thing is, I have confronted this recently. I turned around and I said, we've seen the best and the worst of each other mm-hmm. uh, in the last 10 years. We've, I've, I've literally seen you throw up tonight. 
I've seen the worst of you, right? And you've seen the worst of me, and you've seen the best of me, and we've known each other for ten years. It's like, and we're well, still... you can't talk her into being in the kind of relationship you want to be in. No, no. But then the last time something else I didn't full disclosure, mm-hmm. we we kind of hooked up, but everything, sure. yeah, yeah, but everything, but um, so right. But that's kind of irrelevant to how you want to be. Yeah, it's, tr- it's true, but I admittedly, when it happened, we had a moment. It was something I hadn't <laughs> felt for a long time. Like, yeah. or never, actually, really. This kind of thing where you do things leading to the occasion. <laughs> I'm trying to be quaint. <laughs> do things leading to the occasion. And then there was just a full proper embrace. But kind of an embrace that felt equal. It felt fair. <laughs> but that's just that's just your own feeling. Am I like the most pathetic person? No, 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 not at all. But I do think that you deserve better. Yeah. What does she say about it? She's limited on her reactions to it. I, I Coy? think. I mean, I also think it's not. I mean, she's over ten years. I'm sure she's she's kind of said how she feels. I mean, in the end, you're not really getting what you want and she can't give it to you and it's not you can't reason her into being the partner that you want so I, I, until you it's like what it's like walking around with a with a with a limb that's falling off because yeah. it's not going to just will itself back onto your body you need to cut it off and do, do I have a, that's emo- a terrible analogy but emotional phantom limb that's what I have <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, just are you saying it? It's not. It's not pathetic. It's certainly not pathetic because I think that what you're going through is very, very relatable. But I do think that once you're on the other side of things, you'll wish that you would have exited sooner. Yeah. Because I think what we what we do as human beings and what we've done since childhood is make connections and see patterns and try to make sense of everything. So you, you saying that you felt something in that embrace, it may very well be true, but it also is, could just be your own feelings. And that's profoundly sad. <laughs> and you deserve better. Well, that's and me. And so does she. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, it sounds, I mean, I don't, she's not, she's not sitting here obviously unless she is it's very dark and she's here tonight <laughs> she, she could be here uh but i feel like i've been on both both sides of that situation and um yeah it sounds like two people that are afraid to to be alone but really aren't giving each other what the other person needs you should read no exit by john paul sartre oh yes well i i did philosophy as a minor at uh, university and the trouble is with existentialism in particular was that I didn't have to turn up for the 12 weeks to get an A. It, <laughs> okay. Because I was very disillusioned about it all. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, no, that's right. That's, that's what it is. It's like, great, thanks. Bringing it back around. That's, I mean, that's what I love about this film's terrible is that um, it, 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 it's honesty. And I suppose as well is that I, I, was, I must admit with a lot of people that I've spoken to, I kind of line up a number of questions. I have a notebook. I do have a notebook in my bag. Mm-hmm. But with yourself, it was harder to come up with a number of questions because this, <laughs> because you, because you're because it's that's what it's about. That's what the show is about: is being on the level. Oh, if cool. that makes sense. Yeah, I'll take that. And you know, whereas I mean, say 
other shows uh, that I listen to are all about to, lies. They are the lies. They, but, but funny lies. Yeah. Usually, like comedy. <laughs> I mean, there's less of a form with my show, more of just an intent. I don't know. But that's something that is very much welcome. And I think that that's why I'm always fascinated by podcasting in comparison to, say, radio. And I, I don't know how you, I'd, I'd be interested to see how you feel about this in terms of certainly in the UK that radio kind of dominates sort of podcasting because they recycle their radio and say it's a podcast. Whereas, oh. and they miss out on it. They miss out mm. on the, the difference. And I, I was just wondering what your thoughts are on to podcasting as a medium in terms of freedom and the, the, the freedom and the limitations of podcasting in comparison with, say, professional radio. Okay. Well, um, I'm not very familiar with the political aspects of radio versus podcasting, especially in the UK. But I know that audio broadcasting, radio podcasting in general, I love as a medium because it's, I think, is the most intimate medium. Yeah. And I've loved radio for as long as I can remember. When I was eight years old, I went to a, to a uh, radio play camp for like a week. Wow. And it was just, <laughs> I think there were just three of us. It was just like a day camp thing because no one else was really that interested in it. But I would go to the ra- to the library all the time and check out radio plays and things because I love it so much. It's one of the reasons why Super Ego is great, the whole oh, yeah. radio play aspect of it. Yeah, as far as the political side of it, that makes me sad that... See, what you're saying is that because... Uh, professional radio outlets are just recycling their episodes as podcasts. You feel like there should be a differentiation between that and independently produced things that people don't really understand. Is that- I feel that in America, podcasting is appreciated in a different way. I think it's more respected as its own medium, <laughs> creatively, by comparison. By comparison, oh, right, to the right, UK. right. I mean, I, I still. Well, I mean, radio is more respected here. I think. Yes. In general. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the market's so saturated, but it's definitely like a viable thing, but it's also totally unviable. It's the same as someone saying they're an actor. Like Dustin Hoffman saying he's an actor, it's like, ah, oh, you're amazing. Please let me take your master class. But if you if someone says they're an actor, you don't know them, then everything they say is garbage. Yeah. It's kind of the same with podcasting, I guess. Well, I'll just walk away then. And, uh, <laughs> no one knows me, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been out here this week trying to get people... It does feel weird. It feels just as as strange here as it does in Los Angeles, trying to get people to sit down and talk with you. I did. I sent out like quite a few, maybe not too many, tweets trying to get people to guest on my podcast here, and it feels embarrassing. It's harder for sure, uh, which is why I'm very grateful uh, for you being here. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, you caught me at really the exact right moment because I was feeling like a little deflated, and then and then you you asked me if I'd be on your podcast. So I was like, yes, I will, of course I will, because I enjoy podcasting. Yeah, and, and I'm not a monster. Well, I, I very much appreciate not that. Not that Catelyn Moran is a monster. I adore her. <laughs> I, I didn't say anything. You, I love how much you love podcasting. I'm devoted, absolutely it's devoted. And without sounding, hopefully not narcissistic, but I do feel that it's something that can still be pioneered over here. Yeah, I think everywhere. I think it's still figuring out what it is. Have you talked to Dustin Marshall? I'd be happy to. You should. You really should. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a series called The Archers, Mm -hmm. which is on Radio 4. Okay. Going since, I would like to say, somewhere in the 50s, 60s. Mm. And now they release The Omnibus as 
as a podcast. Right. And how... And <laughs> and, you, and that's offensive to you. Because it's, like, it's not originally created for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But, but the trouble is, I'm also very much aware of the duality of the fact that This American Life, I would deem a podcast because that's mm-hmm. how I discovered it. And yet it's been going since 1995, about 10 years prior to when... Yeah. It's a really hard... It's the number one... It's the number one podcast, right? And yeah, uh, yeah when I when I was introduced to it was it was a radio show. Yeah. Which podcasts do you listen to regularly? Let me look at my phone, and I will tell you if that's if that's okay. I'm just going to make sure we're recording while we're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be very funny. I tend to listen to the podcast the same way I listen. I watch television, and that like I will binge listen. Sure. The ones that I listen to very regularly are uh, my friend's podcast Throwing Shade with Brian Safi and Aaron Gibson which is the only really I think the only podcast that's produced by friends of mine that also I've been on that I've continued to listen to for some reason sure like the intimacy of a podcast when I doing like I, I develop my own relationship with the voices in my earbuds or whatever and then if I guest on a podcast I really like or if I become friends with someone who produces a podcast I really like it's hard for me to continue <laughs> listening to it yeah I genuinely had the same problem with Harmontown yeah uh, after I met Dan it was uh-huh. harder to listen to it <laughs> yeah and I don't mean that in a bad way I just That's funny. It's sort of after being like- I married Dan it was harder to listen to it <laughs> <laughs> or rather, after I divorced him. Before that, it was fine. <laughs> Do you, did you... Uh, but actually, I didn't actually listen to it while I was on it. I was gonna, trying not to. I was going to say, case in point, um, do you listen back to the shows that you're in, involved with? Um, no. no. God, no. You're Woody Allen. You, you, don't, you don't watch... You don't I mean, get him- do you listen to your own episodes of your show? I mean, I, I'll listen to shows if I'm editing them and trying to, like, pare them down. Pare them down? But no, I don't listen to my own episodes. It's it's oh, terrible. I hate yeah. myself. It's awful. I'll probably listen back to any Pod Pit episode because I want to kind of feel... It's sort of... I don't feel that there's been a bad one yet, and I don't feel this is a bad one so far. <laughs> but <laughs> let's start again. But I'll listen to it over and over until I kind of feel reassured that I didn't say the wrong thing or ask the wrong question and that really? the person okay. felt comfortable and... <laughs> I, I, I'm very afraid to listen to old episodes. This feels terrible. I feel like I should, just because I took such a big hiatus from doing it, like almost two years. Hmm. So I feel like it would probably be, it would probably make sense for me to go back and listen and, and see what stories I told already and kind of where I was at. But I, I'm, I'm really too nervous to... Uh, and then as far as Harmontown, Harmontown's not my podcast. It's very hard for me to listen to that show. Like my And my relationship with Dan right now is, is totally fine and mm. totally friendly. And it's nothing like that. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Though I have not listened to Harmontown since we broke up because I'm not a psychopath. We actually, it's funny, we had to talk about our podcast in therapy. Wow. Because we both have podcasts where we speak so openly about our feelings or a version of our feelings. Yeah. And we kind of made an agreement without making an agreement. Like we didn't, it was just kind of a a known thing that he, like always a known thing, not even a discussed thing. Like just like, this is something that we both hold holy, our relationships with 
with our podcast and our audience. So he gets to say whatever, like however he wants to process his his feelings regarding our divorce. That's his, and that's his process. And same with me. However, I want to process my feelings as my own thing, which is important because, and we both tr- we we both trust each other, and we both trust each other not to say anything that's untrue or to be cruel or anything. So I think maybe if that was different, we would have a conversation about it. For some reason, that reminded me a little bit of... I recently have been re-watching the Larry Sanders show. Uh, oh, yeah. Lovely yeah. Gary Shandling. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a moment in that where he's just about to pull a gag out on his ex-wife and the ex-wife... Uh, the, the A gag order? Oh, well, right, right. Uh, yeah. and, and, well, then the assistant turns around yeah. and says actually no she's just turned around and said no no don't mention don't mention it's, uh, she's already said no I don't want any jokes made about I don't right, think it, yeah. right oh yeah yeah but I remember it just this, reminded yeah. it's been a while yeah, yeah. Uh, I, well that's the thing it's, I mean um, the best we got of the Larry Sanders show over here was a double bill with Seinfeld on BBC2 in the mid 90s really interesting <laughs> around 11 o'clock midnight it was like buried yeah it was a great great show yeah yeah uh, so which you mentioned about binging Mm-hmm. Which TV shows are you binging at the moment? <laughs> I'm intrigued. Ugh, I'm so embarrassed to say what I've been binging while I've been in London. It's not a good show. Reality television? No, good. no, no. Good. Everyone <laughs> I've spoken to has been about reality television, and it's insane. <laughs> I'm, I'm not recently. not about it, but um, I mean, I watch I watch uh, my reality television. Sh- I mean, okay. <laughs> right. Now I'm overwhelmed by this question. Here's well, the thing. Okay. Uh, speaking of podcasts and intimacy and friends, the, the very bad show that I've been binging while I've been in London is a show called The Family with Joan Allen, and it's terrible. Um, but if you want to watch something that's like comforting and terrible and is a crime drama, watch that. That aside, okay. I have lived in Ireland for the last three months, and with the, I, I have, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have really wonderful friends back home and people I care about a lot and like really solid, great. Friendships that are very strong, wonderful friendships. And when I went to Ireland, I was very nervous about missing them. And I've missed them a little bit, but mostly I've been very connected and like Skype with them and talk to them on the phone. And with the internet, I feel very connected. But there's there's this really bad show that's on in the United States that uh, called The Bachelor. Yep. Yeah. And. In the last year or so, there have been a ton of podcasts that have popped up around The Bachelor, and my one of maybe the my most favorite part of my week in Ireland was watching The Bachelor, which I always watch like a day after everyone in the United States watched it, and then listen to all of my friends' podcasts about it because I have multiple friends who have podcasts read The Bachelor, and it makes me feel so. It's like, <laughs> I don't know if this is sad or great, but that's how I want to be, how I want to remain tethered to the United States in a way that it, like... It's a comfort. It is, yeah. Because it's, cause it's also... Have you ever watched The Bachelor? I've seen... I don't... You know what? Okay, I, so no. So, so speaking of existentialism, it's if you watch it the right way... I've only seen parodies of it. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, and the parodies are great too. Yeah. But the, the show's almost a parody of itself and they're it's it's a really interesting thing and speaking of Matt Gorley Matt Gorley and his fiance she's a very good friend of mine Amanda Lund who is one of my bridesmaids which still matters even if that marriage didn't last still, Absolutely. A, still a special space 
and Matt played the music at the wedding. They're also very into The Bachelor. I'm, I'm naming them because because they're notable, smart, good people. Lovely people. Yes. But every week we watch the show from across the planet. Wow. And it's so many very strange things happen on it. And there are multiple levels of... <laughs> multiple levels that are going into the show like what the producers choose to show and like what's actually happening and how we're feeling so anyway my favorite thing is listening to these podcasts about the show and feeling like I'm hanging out with these friends and it really that satiates me in, in I, I think a healthy way but yeah. listening to that literally every Tuesday morning would go and get brunch by myself and listen to these podcasts about The Bachelor and feel like I'm hanging out with people I know. Yeah. So anyway. So is, is well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the, so I listen. Yeah, I've been to listen to those. It, it's. I mean, with The Bachelor as well. I mean, I, I get the impression that it's. Um, I suppose the reason I've seen many parodies of it, as opposed to the original, is because it's kind of it's quite over. It's been going what for how many seasons now? It's oh, like twenty. Some wow. some absurd. Yeah, I just got into it a few years ago, but many many years. Would you recommend it as a as a first watch? No, it's an interesting question posed by someone from the UK. I didn't even suggest that my Irish boyfriend watched it at all during the last season until um, it had been like three days since the finale and he invited me over to his to his house to hang out with him and his housemates and I, I was just bold enough to say, look, I really got to watch the finale of the show. And the finale of the show is arguably like the worst episode because it's all of these like recaps yeah. throughout the entire thing and it's way too long and it's so boring I think I, I don't know if there's like an extra layer of just Americanness on it that we can see through as Americans I'd be curious what to think if you just started watching American it. cheese American <laughs> cheese yeah yeah it's literally American cheese oh. uh, no you know what I would I would recommend it to everyone yeah. I have not, I've literally not met anyone who's tried to watch three episodes of it and has people to talk to about it who hasn't gotten very much addicted to it. Okay. Because what's fun about it is talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a really cruel, manipulative piece of television. Mm hmm. Well, so I, I don't know. I you have to give up a little part of yourself to enjoy talking. To about set, it. set a little slice of your soul, and, and yeah. But I, I, I'm sure I sound like a complete idiot. But previous beloved guest Matt Gorley, he loves it as well. So yeah, there. So there. Take that. Take that, Matt. People who hate me, myself, listening to myself talk right now. Reality television is sort of over, oversaturated. Uh, a lot of mainstream television over here, where there's that. It's a bit. Well, once again, it's a bit like podcast and radio. It's, it's that thing of reality television and documentary, mm. and it's that middle, right, yeah, 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 that middle ground. Because I mean, if you ever tune into so our, our terrestrial channels, BBC One, BBC Two, ITV, Channel Four, and Channel Five, as it is, well, in, in, in London based. I mean, I don't know if it's slightly different in Ireland, perhaps, or uh, I don't know. Kind of. I I just I just watched the RT player online and have it like hooked up to my laptop or yeah. HDMI situation so I don't know um, television seems to be much better here than it is in Ireland which is why so many Irish comedians move here one of the many reasons well I was going to say I mean is, is Ireland your home now oh I want it to be you know I 
that's how I that's how I feel right now. But I'm also aware that I'm going through so many very big life life changes. Mm-hmm. And the way I feel right now is that I I feel very much in tune with where I want to be and yeah. uh, where I'm headed and who I'm spending time with, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel really good about being there. So my answer now is yes. Yeah. But I but it, <laughs> the way the world works, I can't just like decide that. So I'm so I'm applying for an artist visa and I have to leave Ireland while that processes. So you're seeing me in London in between me going from Ireland back to the United States. So are you, are you saying that you're in a cultural nomadic state? <laughs> um, I'm in a geographical nomadic state. Sure. Yeah. I do feel like, uh, speaking to whether or not Ireland's my home, I do feel the most culturally aligned with Ireland, which is why I'm there. I, I feel m- more creative there, and I feel more Irish than I do English. No offense. I'm technically half Irish. Oh, okay. My father's grandmother was the, I believe, the 13th daughter, apparently, of a 13th daughter on a farm outside of Kildare. Oh, okay, cool. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Oh, the 13th daughter, like in a family of 13? 13. Wow. My, my grandmother, uh, her daughter, felt that she had psychic tendencies. She Interesting. She died in her 70s in the late 90s, and my latest memory of, of her is watching The Godfather, hmm. which I, I think that's a bonding experience. I think yeah. if, you, if you can watch that with a grandparent and watch The Godfather, it's <laughs> great. I mean, that, yeah. that, that, that bonds people. Certainly. Yeah. That's nice. It's, it's underestimated. As someone who has had the experience at UCB and with podcasting and at Meltdown and uh, uh, being involved with podcasting and Meltdown mm-hmm. and, and also This Feels Terrible and Human Conversation where and Feral Audio and, and ha- being involved with the network Feral Audio? Is that yeah. Right? yeah. Mm-hmm. And That's what Harmontown is on as well. Yeah. How do you feel about in terms of the differences between your experiences podcasting in America and your experiences podcasting outside of America in terms of oh. the atmosphere in terms of the where it's what how it's perceived as well publicly oh hmm interesting question uh well in los angeles it's definitely something that people do more frequently recording podcasts my personal experience is that in the recording in los angeles i would always have my uh, producer Dustin, who's also the founder of Feral Audio, in the room, or I'd be recording like Human Conversation. We record it at Starburns in a VO booth, so it feels totally different. Here, it's the way that I record podcasts on this side of the water is kind of a metaphor for for how I'm living my life right now, which is very contained and totally um, I'm 100% a one man operation where I just have I just carry my Zoom recorder and my microphones in my backpack and can set up every, anywhere which is yeah. I mean that's the same way in Los Angeles as far as how it's perceived I still you know I don't know actually like I've been weirdly recognized in Dublin a lot which was very surprising but also really exciting because I want to 
be there all the time. And like I said, I feel very culturally kindred with Irish people. So it's nice to know that like Irish people listen to my stuff. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I can't. And I mean, there aren't really networks here. No. Right? Well, apart from the Podnos Network. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I haven't. It's, it seems like it's just, you know, it, it really, my, my sense of it is that it's just a couple of years behind. I hope so. I hope it's yeah. only a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really, I really think so. I think that I think one of the reasons why a podcast booms so hard, so fast in the United States is because stand-ups really took it on. I mean, I think now maybe it's like branching out a lot more. But at the same time, when that boom happened, also there were a ton of radio stations that just lost all funding. And, like, that's why Adam Carolla has a podcast. He had a radio show. That radio show was just yanked, was bought by Clear Channel or whatever. I forget, like, the that situation. But that was kind of at the beginning of podcasting. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast. And now it's one of his podcasts, no matter how you feel about it, it was one of the most popular podcasts. I'm performing in the UK and, in the next few months, I believe. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I love Well, and... Um, Mark Marin was at Air America before and then decided to kind of do his own thing. Comedy and Bang Bang as well. That was yeah, yeah, exactly. I think maybe it, it exploded in the US before here because there's more public funding for more interesting radio. Yeah. Like really in the United States, there isn't as much accessible, good radio outside of NPR, Like, I'm sure there is, but I don't even know what it would be. Like, yeah. I used to listen to so much talk radio, and all of the shows I listened to lost all their funding, and they're all podcasts now. Wow. So maybe you guys are ahead <laughs> in a certain way. I, I, uh, would, I would say that the closest radio station locally to me in terms of London would be LBC, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of being closer to that of a podcast, um, because... I work it just all feels so global. Like I don't, yeah. I, I, I haven't even thought of it in terms of the United States versus the UK or Ireland because it just all feels. Especially, I mean, you listen to my podcast. Like you're, it doesn't matter. There's no restriction on you listening to it, even though I produced it in the United States. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, for example, I work in an office environment where they play Radio Two, BBC Radio Two. Mm-hmm. And they have a talk show hosted by a man called Jeremy Vine. It's mm-hmm. very nice and it's very... But yeah, he, he only has two, two hours. And mm-hmm. he, he gets a lot of people calling in. And there's a very distinct cut-off point. You know, they're, they're on one. They're, they're in the moment. Whatever the content may be, whatever the, um, the context may be, something, 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 cut off. Thank you. Moving yeah. on. And, <laughs> and I think that's the big difference between mm-hmm. radio and podcasting is that, it, is that you... You can go as long as you'd like to go. Sure, yeah, I lo- yeah, I love it. I love it for that reason, especially, and it's not controlled. And yeah, what would your advice be for anyone who was wanting to either start listening to podcasts or indeed start hosting their own podcast? Yeah, well, if you want to start listening to podcasts, congratulations, you're already there. Uh, and if you want to start hosting a podcast, I, I think um, the best advice. I got was actually from Matt Gorley, which was to record your first episode of the podcast and then record another one and throw away the first one, which I think is very good advice. And uh, not to second guess yourself too much and to be very forgiving. 
it's it's hard. I'm still struggling with that, with with not with be, being too hard on myself and and everything. Because I think at the end of the day, podcasts are great because you get to be in a room with people while you're anywhere and doing whatever you want. So people will find you. Your people will find you. That's what I think. Be Aaron? yourself. Be yourself. Erin, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. We'll see you again on another episode of Puppet. All right. A huge thank you to Erin McGathy for joining me on this episode of Pubpit. Check out all episodes of This Feels Terrible and Human Conversation at www.feralaudio.com and follow Erin McGathy on Twitter via at Erin McGathy to look out for dates for Erin's forthcoming tour. And thank you for listening to this episode of Podpit. If you'd like to get in touch, email me at admin at podnose.com, follow us on Twitter at podnose, and of course, check out all our previous episodes at www.podnose.com forward slash podpit. I've been your host, George Grimwood, and I'll see you again for another episode of Podpit. Bye for now. Bye for now.